Jesus Christ, am I a nervous fool trying to do this? I've stopped and started this three times now. Um, usually not nervous when it's just me in a room alone, but uh, I am this time. I think we'll get into that uh, a little later as to why that is exactly. But uh, welcome, everyone. Episode one of the Blind Mike Project. Very exciting, very nervous. Um, if you're already a member of the Patreon at patreon.com slash blindmike, you've seen there already is some content up there. But uh, if you're not a subscriber yet, uh, don't be. Uh, listen to this episode first. And if you don't get all the way through it, then you probably shouldn't subscribe because uh, you don't, <laughs> you, you won't like anything else I do. You know, if you don't like me now, uh, I'm not going to convince you. This is kind of what I am. So if you don't like it, don't subscribe, please. And, uh, you know, if, if you get to the end and decide you don't like it, then, uh, you know, probably maybe wait, maybe give it, listen again next week and then decide uh, if you want to subscribe. But if you're on the fence, I would say don't subscribe. Hold off. Save your money. You know, I don't need it that bad. I appreciate it. I appreciate all the support. But uh, unless you're 100% in, um, don't waste your money. Not a lot of guys start their Patreon by saying don't subscribe. But that's, <laughs> that's where I'm at right now. And we'll get into why that is as the show goes on as well. Uh, I you know, appreciate the shit out of everyone that's, that's uh, subscribed and, and supported me. And that's awesome. But like I said, if you don't feel like doing it, don't do it. If you don't think you're going to like it, don't bother. You're not going to like it. Don't worry. Um, a few people I want to thank as we get started here as well. Obviously, uh, Kirk Minahan, first and foremost, because if you're hearing my voice right now, unless you stumbled on this completely by accident, uh, you found it because you're a fan of the Kirk Minahan show. It's the only reason anyone knows who I am. Um, so I'm very grateful to Kirk for that, but not just that. Um, also very grateful for the fact that uh, the guy supported me, you know, during maybe the toughest time of my life, the shit I was going through. Uh, and he was very good to me and he gave me an amazing opportunity. And, you know, um, what I did with that is, is on my fault. On, on my, my God. See, I can't talk. Why would a guy like that give me this opportunity? I can't fucking speak, but he did. Uh, uh, and that says a lot about him and I really appreciate it. And uh, going forward, I'll continue to be on the Kirk Minahan show once a week. It looks like until they smarten up and get rid of me. But uh, for now, I'm still welcome there, it seems like, which I, I really appreciate. You know, a lot of places wouldn't have uh, given me the, the leeway they did and the amount of time to make that kind of decision. You know, Intercom would have had me uh, out of my ass laughing at me as I'm in a straight jacket. But, uh, you know, uh, Kirk is a great guy and Steve's been a great guy to me as well. And I want to thank Steve for everything he's done. Uh, I know Steve thinks I don't like him, but I, I do very much. And, uh, you know, he helped at the, at the beginning of this process. He was very helpful to me and said some things that, you know, helped me uh, uh, feel okay about what I was doing. And, uh, you know, I know he thinks I don't like him because I said we were work friends, but, you know, give me a call outside of work once in a while if you want to, if you want to change that, Steve. But um, no, he, he was, he was very uh, supportive of me and said a lot of uh, things that um, I really appreciate. So Steve was good to me as well and stood by me. And uh, those guys have been awesome. And, you know, I will get made fun of for this, but I just want them to know that that's the case. And I really appreciate it. And uh, I guess I should thank uh, Barstool Sports and Dave Portnoy as well. Um, they did give me an opportunity. You know, again, Kirk may not have known who I was if it wasn't for Portnoy hiring me as an intern. And uh, that's about where the support stopped. So I will thank them for that. And I will say that uh, I think Dave was a complete asshole to me. 
Um, I don't think I deserved a lot of the, the way I was treated. Uh, I don't think I was ever going to take down the company. First of all, I never wanted to. I always spoke very glowingly of Barstool Sports. But even if I did, the idea that I would be capable of taking down a half a billion dollar corporation uh, seems bizarre to me. Uh, I don't think the, the shit that was said about me was warranted in any way. Um, I always thought it was kind of tongue in cheek and in good fun and that maybe I was in on the joke. And then when it evolved to uh, wanting to beat the shit out of me and punch me in the face and, uh, you know, that I'm the biggest piece of shit he's ever met, uh, that seemed a little drastic, <laughs> you know. Um, I tweeted something that I probably shouldn't have when I was trying to defend Steve when it looked like Steve was going to be fired. I said, uh, maybe Barstool's changed. That was probably uh, a whiny overreaction on my part. In hindsight, I probably shouldn't have tweeted it and just kept my mouth shut. And I get why that would uh, annoy people. And I've started to understand certain ways that I rub people the wrong way. And I totally get that. Um, I don't think it warranted the reaction that it got. Um, and you know, when you're, when you're shit on, uh, by someone and you tell yourself, oh, you're in on the joke. And then they really tell you, no, you're not in the joke. It's like, okay, how long am I going to pretend to like this guy? So he was a complete asshole to me. Um, I don't think that defines him as a person. You see what he did with the barstool fund. Um, that's fucking awesome. They're doing an amazing job for people that need it. And it's insane that, uh, you know, the, the mainstream media hasn't gotten behind that because it's an unbelievable cause. You know, you see stuff, and th that's not new for Portnoy. He's done stuff for the police and uh, Pete Frady's and ALS over the year, like stuff like that. He's great with, and he's an innovative guy. And I think he's a genius in a lot of ways, uh, but he's also very stupid in a lot of ways. Um, I think he shit on me because he could when he couldn't shit on other people. And I understand that to an extent, but it was not done tongue in cheek. It was just him being a uh, complete prick to me. So uh, I do not like the guy and I uh, don't think I ever will. And I don't think he'll ever like me and that's fine. But uh, that's a, that's part of the reason I didn't want to work for Barstool anymore. Um, I love going in with Kirk and Steve once a week. You know, I kind of got to a place where I thought maybe I can't handle it five days a week, but uh, once a week, I think will be a lot of fun, but I didn't really love the idea of being a Barstool employee. And when it kind of, you know, I don't know what uh, Kirk and Steve are going to be doing, you know, as far as uh, continuing with Barstool. I assume they will, but they haven't told me one way or the other. Uh, but I, per I was, I didn't really love the idea of being an employee there. Um, you know, I wasn't making very much anyway, so it's not like I walked away from some wild job, but I like being a part of the Kirk Minahan show. If I could have been a Kirk Minahan show employee only, um, maybe that psychologically would have changed my mind a little bit, but I didn't like dealing with Barstool when I took my uh, mental health leave. I didn't like having to go through them for it. Um, you know, because Barstool is a place that I love and I, and, you know, I invested in Penn national and, um, I think the place is great. And a lot of guys there, Gaz and, and big cat both reached out to me and they were awesome. And, you know, I like Carabas and, and other people there. Um, but it left a bad taste in my mouth, the way Portnoy would speak about me. So I just didn't want to, you know, I didn't like it anymore. As much as I think Barstool is going to blow the fuck up and maybe I'm crazy for leaving it. 
I could have just swallowed my my pride and been an employee there and taken the rocket to the moon, but uh, it, it left a, a weird taste in my mouth. I think the Kirk Minahan show is great. I think that deserves more promotion there, and I'm guessing maybe it sounds like whatever Kirk is working on uh, the secret project, it sounds like maybe that'll get more promotion, which I'm sure it will deserve. Um, so I think those guys are going to be huge there, but uh, I won't be as big a part of it as I was. And that's unfortunate in a lot of ways because, you know, I grew up listening to shows like the Kirk Minahan show. That's the kind of radio I've said a million times. That's the kind of radio or podcasting I always wanted to be involved in. And, uh, you know, I had that opportunity and I did it for a year and a half. And like I said, I'm going to continue to do it once a week as long as they'll have me. Um, and that's fucking awesome. But uh, I also don't think that I was ready for it when I got it. Um, you know, and that, that, that goes into, now we'll start to get into kind of why, what led to my mental health leave and why I decided to leave and all that. And it's got, it's, it's really doesn't have a lot to do with the show as much as people think it might. Um, it all falls on me. And this goes back to when I was, you know, 15, 16 and started having suicidal thoughts and shit. And I, you know, when I say that, um, it's not like I was always planning on killing myself. I never attempted it or anything, but it started when I was 15 or 16. I started having these thoughts of, uh, well, you know, worst case scenario, I can kill myself. And that became kind of, uh, it was always plan B. And then it kind of started to become plan A. When you tell yourself something enough over and over again, you're like, well, I'll, maybe I'll kill myself. And then it becomes this constant uh, voice in your head. And I never thought of it that way. When people say voices in your head, I always think of this, you know, ghoulish figure, like the devil. Oh, my. Like it's a, 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 an ominous voice. It was my, it, you know. Now I get uh, what Kirk and other people have talked about when they say voice in your head. It was just me saying that over and over again. But uh, so you don't think of it that way. You don't think of it as a voice in your head because you think of, you know, the way movies and TV are. But uh, constantly when you have yourself telling you, well, you should just kill yourself. Then that becomes kind of your go-to thought. And then it evolved to everything that went wrong. Um, that's what I would think about is killing myself. And I do a lot of, uh, you're gonna hear a lot of therapy terms in this episode. Uh, I do a lot of negative self-talk. So everything, everything, every negative thing you guys think about me, uh, believe me, I've not only thought of it, I, I tell myself that constantly to the point where I can't get out of it. And that's where I think you see a lot of the, uh, woe is me shit. I, it took me a long time to figure out what that, meant and i think you know i used to think and when i say used to i mean just a couple months ago i thought when people said i was a woe is me guy in my mind that meant i was faking you know being depressed or whatever to get sympathy i thought that's what people meant by that and maybe it is what some people meant i don't know but i think and now i'm i kind of understand it more and what i think uh, where I think the woe is me thing uh, is is defined in me is that I was so negative that it consumed me to the point where 
you know, if I thought something negative of myself or if someone else brought up a negative quality about me, it wasn't, well, let me improve that or no, you're wrong. And here's why it was, well, I guess I'm just the worst then. It was a defeated attitude that was very real for me. It felt very real that I would never be able to get out of that. But then I, I you know, I started thinking about uh, other people who do that and you just get fucking sick of them. <laughs> you know, I'm no more sympathetic than anyone else. Like when people do that, I don't think like, oh, well, maybe this person's going through something. Maybe I don't understand what this person's life is like. I think just fucking get it together, you know, and that's human nature. You deal with so many people and everyone goes through shit that you can't possibly stop and think of every possible scenario every time you hear someone and every time you interact with someone. So I started to get that a little more. And I think um, that was a big thing with me where, uh, you know, rather than working on my problems and trying to correct my faults or trying to defend things that maybe I liked about me that other people didn't. You know, I wouldn't say, I, I would never say, no, you're wrong about that. And here's why, here's why I'm like this. Instead, I would go, oh, I guess, <sighs> I guess they're right. Very defeated feeling I had. Um, and that started to consume me a lot. And then it got to the point where uh, I was also very, uh, you know, lonely kid. I'd never a ton of friends when I was very young. Um, towards the end of high school, that changed. I started to have more of a social life. But, uh, you know, I think when I was young, I didn't have a lot of people to tell me my faults in a way that I understood them. So it became, I was my only, um, I was the only person to criticize myself. I was my only policing. Uh, so I thought I sucked at everything. I was so negative about myself uh, because I was angry for a lot of years. and I didn't know why. Uh, I think part of that had to do with my eyes and part of that had to do with that. I was a, a lonely, awkward kid that didn't know how to correct that. But um, it was, I, I didn't know what a lot of my faults were. So when people, when people would say them to me, I'd be like, Oh, they're right. Oh, they're right. Rather than, rather than say, no, I like that about myself or yeah, I don't love that about myself, but I'm going to try and change it. It would just be this self-fulfilling prophecy of, I should kill myself. I hate myself. I fucking suck. Um, and that becomes when that, when you do, you know, 20 years of that, it's just normal. You don't see how draining it is on other people. You know, I've started to realize that where it's like, just fucking sack up, you know? If, if people criticize you on social media, <laughs> you know, uh, ignore them, start proving them wrong, start arguing with them or just get off, you know? Um, and for now I've chosen the, the get off social media route a little bit. Um, and I, you know, I started to get very, I started to get back into it a little bit. And then the last few weeks, and this was kind of scary too, where, you know, I really made a lot of strides and started to be more positive and started to embrace um, my disability more and all that type of shit. And uh, the last three weeks or so, I started to get very anxious again. And uh, I had an incident where um, I was home for Thanksgiving, I, th I think. 
and um my uh my i have a three-year-old niece who was uh we she was i was playing with her and she was running around and doing the thing kids do where it's like you know i'm standing right behind the chair where am i hide and seek type shit but you can really see where the kid is and then it got to a point where i couldn't see where she went and i was like what the fuck and that was crushing to me because i started to think about um you know my own having a family someday or whatever and that was kind of devastating to me in a lot of ways. And it crushed me. And I started to get a lot of that anxiety back and I started to get very nervous again. And I started to go on social media and take ever anything I saw very seriously. And I was, I had uh, kind of a mini panic attack coming, uh, uh, trying to record something uh, a couple weeks ago. And that's, that's why, you know, I saw some people saying like, why didn't you promote this or why didn't you do this or that? Uh, I didn't know if I wanted to do this. I didn't know if I wanted to keep doing a podcast for a little while, uh, for a long while, really. Um, I started to think, is this the right thing for me? And um, I still don't really know. You know, I don't know if this is the best thing for me. It's I love podcasting and radio. You know, I also used to love baseball, but I never thought I could be shortstop for the Yankees, you know? So just because you love something doesn't mean you should necessarily do it. Uh, I've gotten enough opportunities that I kind of keep telling myself, well, maybe I can. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if it's the right thing for me. If it keeps giving me fucking anxiety, then I don't know if it's if it is the right place for me. So that's why I said at the beginning of the show, don't subscribe, you know, because I'm not even all in mentally. I got in the, in the sense that I am all in and doing this. I'm going to give it a hundred and, 110%, but I don't know if I can do it. You know, genuinely, I don't know if I'm able to do this shit, if it's something that people will want to listen to. Um, so if you like the kind of stuff that's already up on Patreon, it's going to be that sort of stuff. I'm going to talk about stand up because that's the kind of shit I like old TV and movies and current TV and movies. Uh, I'm going to talk about stocks and, and cryptocurrency because that's shit I'm into right now. Uh, mental health because that's stuff I'm interested in. Uh, I'll talk about blind stuff. I don't want that to be the whole thing, but there will be uh, days where I do want it to be. So that's going to be the type of shit I talk about. And if you're not interested in that, you're not going to like it. Uh, that, that was a big thing for me where I felt like I, if one person didn't like me, I needed constant validation from everyone, not just from one person. From everyone, I needed validation. And if one, if one person wasn't validating me, it's ah, everyone hates me. And that's the thing that I've, I've had to shake. And, you know, there's a bit of a uh, hereditary thing where it kind of, kind of runs in my family a little bit. So it's, it can be, it can be tough to shake at times. Um, but it's a mental thing too. And it can be worked on. Now, when you've had 28 years of conditioning, uh, it is definitely tough to get rid of. And when you think you're fine, that was the scariest thing about the last few weeks is you think you're fine. And uh, you're on medication now, and that seems to be working. And you're in therapy, and that has helped a lot. And the program you're doing helped a shit ton. Uh, and maybe stepping back for, for uh, a minute, that helped a lot. And then all of a sudden, this wave of, of that depression and anxiety comes back. And that's when you're like, fuck, I can't, I can't seem to shake this. This is never going away. Oh, what if I get off my meds? Am I dependent on these? Then you start questioning all that. Um, and it's tough. 
but you start to realize what this stuff, everyone's going through something. Everyone has their thing, you know, um, a, a disability in itself is kind of fucked up, but, uh, something I learned the program was I was in is even people with disabilities have it worse than me. Uh, you know, there are some people that, uh, have my eyesight or worse, but lost it when they were, you know, 50 years old or 35 or however old. And you, you know, you spend your whole life being able to see people's faces and driving and playing with your kids. And then one day that's fucking gone. Whereas I've been able to adapt to that life for the last 29 years. Um, those people have full sight and have that taken away from them. That's really fucked up. And I can't imagine what's that, what that's like. So in an odd way, I'm, I'm lucky in a sense. And that's something I, no pun intended, but lost sight of. Um, so the program that I was in was very good for me too, because it helped me relate to people for the first time ever. You know, you don't realize what a big deal it is um, to be able to commiserate with people. You know, whatever it is in your life, if it's, you know, your job or, uh, you know, depression or, uh, you know, your wife <laughs> nagging you, whatever your thing is in your life that you can't get over, that is really fucking with you and eating away at the back of your mind. Uh, whatever that is, you don't realize what a big deal it is to be able to commiserate with people. Um and, you know, my thing is blindness. So I couldn't just go to my buddies uh, to talk shit about it. You know, like if I said, hey, you know, when I was in high school, if I was like, hey, isn't it annoying to have the CCTV wheeled in that enlarges your print and everyone looks at you? That sentence is gobbledygook to most of you. doesn't make any fucking sense. But, uh, you know, I met someone at the in the program that I was in that uh, understands exactly what that means, <laughs> you know? And uh, is able to talk about, like, isn't it fucking annoying when this happens? You know, because someone goes to shake your hand and you don't know how to, stuff like that. It's nice to be able to commiserate over. Um, and it's frightening to start to, you know, not be able to see people's faces that you were able to before. Or all of a sudden when you went your whole life being able to do this. And now when someone says, hey, can you hand me that? And you're like, hand you what? And they're like that right in front of you. And you don't know what the fuck that, the, the glass right on the table. You have no idea where the glass is. That can be scary, but it's important to know how to cope with that instead of go to, well, how many milligrams of uh, the Tylenol in my cabinet will it take to kill me? You know, that's not a healthy fucking thought. And it certainly shouldn't be the thir first thought in your mind, which uh, for me, it was a lot. And I have not had that thought in about three months probably. Uh, and that's the longest I've gone without consistently think for most of my adult life. That thought was every day was, well, why don't you just, why don't you just take a walk down to the, the train tracks? All right. This bus is coming at full speed. If you just jump in front of it, all this, uh, everything you're feeling will go away. You won't have to deal with it anymore. Uh, that thought hasn't crossed my mind in the last few months, which is a good thing. Even this was the most positive thing about the last few weeks. Even when I had a ton of anxiety, that thought didn't creep in. It was, I don't know if I can deal with this. I don't know if I can do this show. I don't know if people are going to like it. Um, 
I don't know if I'm making the right decisions here, but it was never, well, let's just end my life. Uh, and that's a good thing. That's a positive step forward that I'm happy with. Um, hopefully that continues. But again, with that shit, you never know really. But uh, I hope I'm able to kind of control that. And I've started to realize things about myself. Like I was very angry for a long time and didn't know why. And I let some of that, uh, you know, when people said I didn't work hard, then what I started to do was get um, crippled with anxiety. And I was like, oh, well, now I'm always anxious and nervous. So that means I'm putting in a solid day's work. You know, <laughs> I was thinking like, well, I'm stressed all the time. Like, uh, like George Costanza. If you look, if you always look busy, you always look uh, miserable, then you got to be working hard. But that's kind of how I felt. I was like, well, I'm uh, nervous all the time and I hate myself. So that must mean I'm working, right? Um, so I think that's where a lot of my problems came in. So the reason I, I, I started this is because I was like, all right, let me take a step back and see if I can do this and if I enjoy doing it. And if talking about the stuff that I like whether or not it even entertains people, I frankly don't give a fuck. I hope it does. I hope um, any any paying customers are satisfied. And if you're not, genuinely reach out to me and I will refund your money. If you tell me that, you know, uh, well, let me amend that. If you make it through the whole month, you're going to pay for the month. But then the next month, I'll refund you <laughs> if you get to me the first week or so. Um, but no, really, if you're not enjoying the content, please let me know. Um, don't do it in a fucking annoying, pissy way. But if you actually have a problem and say, Hey, I, you know, I feel like I got ripped off here. Fund your money. I don't give a fuck. Um, at this point, I'm not really doing it for the money. And that's why I didn't promote it. I'm not doing it for the money. Like I'm going to make, you know, guys, the millions I'll be making off this. It's not about that, but no, really, you know, I don't expect to pay my rent. I've, I've figured out other, uh, ways to, to do that, that I'm okay with. And, um, I don't expect to make a ton of money off this, at least not right away. Now I'd like to build it into something and hopefully all the people that have subscribed so far, like the stuff I'm going to be talking about and are interested in it. Um, the ones that don't, maybe they'll, they'll fall off and hopefully we gain a few new people along the way. But um, I, I, what I want to do is just talk about shit that I'm interested in and see if there's an audience for that. And maybe there's not. But I'll have more fun doing that than getting so wrapped up in my own fucking thoughts and being nervous about everything. You know, if I want to do a fucking cheers show, I'm going to do it. And I got to stop thinking like, well, th well, this is stupid. Yeah, I knew it was stupid. You dumb fuck. I knew that going in. I was like, oh, this is going to get shit on. And that's kind of the point of it. And then when it got shit on, I got so miserable and angry and, and indignant about it. Um, so that's it. It's. It was always very tough for me to, um, you know, I could never be, uh, I could never be Andy Kaufman. <laughs> if anyone didn't immediately get what I was doing, I would be fucking miserable. That's a, that's a real talent to, to, to put that away and, and can commit to something. And I think that's why you saw a lot of uh, one-off episodes because I was like, oh, well, people didn't like it. I should just stop. I want to stop doing that. You know, a lot of people aren't going to like it. Um, and like I said, hopefully the people that are paying for it do like it. But if you don't, stop. Stop what you're doing right now and subscribe. Um, but if you do like it, 
please support come along for the ride. And as for the, uh, the program that I was in, that was immensely helpful to me. Although I do get, um, why it seems silly to a lot of people, you know, but that was a tough thing to shake and I'm glad I did. And that was very helpful to me because, you know, when I went in, I would have been like you guys where literally if you're learning Braille at my age, it feels like you're in kindergarten again because you're learning letters and then you're learning tiny words and then you're learning sentences like, you know, Susie went to the market (laughs) and you have to read shit like that. And it makes you feel very silly. It makes you feel like a child, but then you, you got to remember, well, this might help me down the road if I completely lose my vision or it's going to help me now. Um, It's the first way I'll be able to take notes in my life. Like I've always had to, particularly doing something like this where I'm just talking, I can't look down at notes. So that was always just how I lived. Now um, I don't have a machine yet because it's very expensive, I guess, but um, I I'm, I should be getting in, a, in the near future a uh, brailler, which I don't know. It's basically um, a thing you can type into digitally. It's essentially like uh, an iPad, but it types in. There's no there's no visual element to it. It types in braille for you, so you can take notes, and uh, you know just feel. So now, if I have ten topics I want to get to, I can just feel right here and uh, remember it rather than having to remember as I'm talking and just to have something completely slip my mind. Um, that'll be helpful to me. And doing things like walking with a cane, it, they, you know, they make you do it with a blindfold on and that makes you feel silly. But then it's like, you know what? The more I get used to this, the less I depend on my eyes and the more I'm able to, you know, walk down to the corner store without stumbling on the fucking sidewalk or without walking into a building and not being able to see a thing because the lighting changed. A little shit like that is very helpful. Now, fencing didn't really have that effect on me, I think. I know a lot of people uh, enjoyed that very much, but that wasn't something where I was like, now I see the value. I still don't quite see it. Uh, For some people, maybe it had more of an impact on me, but... um, Again, I, I think it is very funny to watch two blind people fence. I don't know how much value that had on me, but uh, you know, it. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it maybe it helps some people, but that is very funny, and I do get it. And that's another thing where I, I try. I I noticed I read social media or anyone else's words. I read in a tone. I read like, "Hey, Mike, you fuck." When in reality, it might just be. Hey, Mike, you dumb fuck. <laughs> you know, like people are kind of maybe kidding around and they don't want to, they don't want to murder you. They just want to bust your balls a little bit. That's what I, I lost sight of a lot too, where, you know, people aren't out to fucking ruin you. That, that kind of led to my uh, panic attack back in September where I started to get nervous. I thought everyone was out to get me. I was very paranoid about everything. And it's like, oh, maybe they're just fucking around. Just having some fun at my at my expense, sure. But it's not meant to send me into the loony bin. <laughs> you know, it's not meant to to drive me nuts or ruin my life. But uh, that's a phrase I kept saying, too. Are you, we, people are trying to ruin my life. No, they're trying to bust my balls a little bit. And uh, I'm trying to maintain 
that type of thought process rather than sink back to the woe is me thing where I'm like, ah, they're all out to get me. Again, that's very real. It, it consumes you. And that's almost the scarier part about it. It's not an act you're putting on. Um, but it's just something you have to get out. You have to stop thinking that way. And that's very tough. Um, you know, but I, uh, I'm happy to do it now. I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to get going here with the the Blind Mike project. Every episode will not be this. Um, like I've re-recorded this three fucking times, so I forget if I said this already. But I'll have Craig and Matt Morell with me uh, at, t- at different times. Matt Morell, I think, will be more of an off-air contributor. Uh, he's done an awesome job. Craig has done an awesome job as well. Uh, Justin Trudell has helped me out here as well. I think he may be taking a step back. Uh, he's dealing with his own stuff. And that's what scares you a little bit too when you deal with people that it's like, man, it, does it never go away? What the fuck? Does it always come back? Because you you have friends and, and people you deal with that seem fine one day and the next, you know, they're uh they're out of it. They can't they can't handle the shit that's going on in their head. And uh, I completely understand that feeling. And it's terrifying. You don't really know what to do. But I'm working on it. And that's part of the project. You see, folks, that's why it's the Blind Mike Project, because we're all going to be working on me together. So I hope you come along for the ride. Um, You know, right now on the Patreon, we've got a a TV time capsule, which I think will be a recurring thing. Um, We went over uh, the episode of All in the Family, Edith's 50th birthday, which again, it sounds silly. I saw people like, oh, Mike's talking about cancel culture and old TV shows. And that started to get me fucking riled up again. Ah, they're, they're coming after me. And then I was like, ah, that's just what they're going to do. It's probably not people that are paying for it. If they are, they're wasting their money. It's on them. Uh, but that is what I want to talk about. So like I said, if you don't like that stuff, uh, Bon Voyage. There are a million other podcasts that are probably a lot better than this, especially for you if you don't like it. But uh, I enjoy talking about it. So if you like stand-up and talking about that, TV and movies and stocks and mental health, then uh, come along for the ride. See what's on there. Um, And you know what? Even I set it up. This is a Patreon issue. I set it up so that if you subscribe right now, you are not billed until February 1st. So I believe that if you unsubscribe before then, I don't think you'd be charged. I'm not 100% on that. That's how I set it up, and that was my intent. But uh, if that's not the case, then it's just Patreon rules. Um, So contact me about that, and uh, I will try and solve it. But that's a Patreon thing that they're pretty fucked up. They take a hell of a percentage. Now they want a percentage of of the money if I want to live stream. So now I have to live stream through YouTube and send it to Patreon. It's a whole fucking thing. Uh, It's a bit of a scam. Find another way, <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're starting your own podcast, folks, find a way other than Patreon. Steve Robinson was a thousand percent right. He always said if they left, it, he goes, it wouldn't be through Patreon. He's, that, that, it's, a, it's a fucked up way to do it. They want every, every goddamn cent. The way they do merch is uh, they take three, even if you don't sell a shirt, they take, uh, I forget if it's three or five percent of your, your merchandise, which it's like, Jesus Christ. Just go to Teespring. They'll they'll do it for you. Uh, so we might set that up as well. We'll, we'll have merchandise. I'll keep you updated on that. But uh, this felt good. 
I started off very nervous. I don't think I covered everything I wanted to get into. Um, I believe it was a bit more incoherent than I intended it. But listen, we're I'm hopefully going to keep getting better. And this podcast on Thursday will be different than it was today. And uh, next month, it'll be different than that. And hopefully in six months, it's completely different. And we kind of have more of a feel for what we're doing. But until then, I hope you're along for your, the ride. Don't feel forced to stick around. But if you want to, I love having you. All right, gearheads. And by the way, you motherfuckers, $500. Now, you know what? No, it wasn't a joke. You should pay $6,000 a year for my Patreon. That's what I believe. But if you look at the tiers, there is nothing else extra <laughs> but, <laughs> but a special gift from me. And I believe that's very fair. I was not joking at all when I did that, <laughs> you, you cunts. <laughs> but uh, I love you. And I'm going to try not to take that shit too seriously the way I have over the last uh, year or whatever it's been. All right. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. We'll talk to you soon on patreon.com slash blind Mike. If uh, you know, if you kind of hate my guts, but sympathize with me a little bit, then you can make a one-time donation at blind Mike. Uh, I'm sorry. At cameo.com slash blind Mike or Michael dash Geary dash seven on Venmo. But again, do not feel obligated to I'm fine. People talk about the money I make but I'm doing all right right now. So please uh, do not feel in any way obligated to do that. And uh, that's it. Doug Ellen up on Patreon right now. Uh, who's really been canceled, which is, I get it. You guys might not like or are tired of cancel culture shit, but the series I'm having fun doing and Matt Morell is doing a tremendous job producing it. Um, so check that out as well. And we've got a watch along up there, some other stuff. I'm recording this a little early, so I'm not sure exactly what it's up there yet, but uh, check it out if you want. And if you don't go fuck yourself. Until next time on the Blind Mike Project.